Welcome to Journeys of Teaching. I'm Aaron R. Gearhart. This week, we are exploring the journey of Dr. Ronnie Ellington, an associate professor at Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. Dr. Ellington holds a PhD in mathematics education from the University of Maryland. On the previous two episodes in this podcast feed, we met Ronnie and learned about how her academic success beginning in middle school wasn't the result of being quote unquote special, but rather teachers recognizing her capabilities and designing higher rigor and expectations. Also, we heard her stories about the supportive and unsupportive spaces in which she has worked as a black female in education and STEM. Today, we round out Ronnie's narrative as it stands now with a conversation in which she described how she formed her transformative framework for STEM education with an emphasis on teachers working on themselves. And you mentioned schools and institutions trying to shift towards a transformative space. You talked about a framework that you, I think it was was around transformation in STEM education in the Mm -hmm. talk that I attended. Can you talk about... Like, I know you said that you drew from like a larger, was it like a larger research base or a larger framework into like certain components that are like more practically implemented? Or can you speak to that yeah, so, and like how um, that came so about? That was, that's a good question. So the framework I wrote, uh, I wrote it up in a book. It's called, uh, God, I can't think of a book. I came across the book today when I was looking you up. Too, yeah, I can't so, the title either. yeah, so <laughs> the, the genesis of the book actually started, of the framework started in my dissertation research. Mm -hmm. So my dissertation was looking at the experiences of high achieving African-American math majors and the factors that shape their success. So that was my dissertation. And in that dissertation, the students were telling me about their experiences and those things that foster success. They was talking about school factors, personal factors, parental factors, and community factors. Those were kind of the general areas that they talked about. Before you continued, can I ask, did did you find in the stories that you heard from them that it kind of was a mirror for your own stories a little bit? Some of it was, some of it wasn't because sure. these students were at a different time frame than I was. These sure. were millennial students. And I, like I said, I'm a generation Xer. So mm-hmm. certain structural things were slightly different, but there were similarities in the stories. Common threads. Yeah. Yeah. So then cool. they, they told me about their stories. I wrote it up. You know, I did some qualitative analysis, came up these themes, you know, the whole bit. Yeah. And from there, I started to look at other studies that talked about success. So my whole career has been about investigating success. So I read work by Erica Walker, uh, Ebony McGee, like different scholars. We're in, in, um. David Stinson, um, Danny Martin, like these are the people that are my thought partners that talk about success. Uh, uh, Robert Q. Berry, right? They're just certain convers- people that are talking about asset-based math education for Black kids, right? Mm-hmm. So as I was reading their work and, and I was going and reflecting on my dissertation, certain themes emerged around what are the things that are necessary to promote success and that will transform our relationship to Black children from a deficit conversation to an asset-based conversation. So as I started to read all of these other scholars' work, Gloria Latson Billings around cultural responsibility, of teaching and Bill Tate and just the different voices that were moving us from this black kids are deficient to black kids have assets that we can draw on to transform their experience. That's where the genesis of the framework came from. And so the four buckets I always talk about. So there's student identity, resiliency. There's this idea of 
transformative professional development and teacher leaders. There's community capital and uh, utilizing it and asking and, and draw, drawing from it. And then there's this transformative practice. So those are the kind of general areas. I've so got the my, diagram my, pulled up on my browser right now. Yeah, there's some so, presentation you gave I found on Google. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so to me, though, it, 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 if you want to have a education that's going to really transform the way you think about black children, all four components have to be there. You can't just pick and choose. you got to actually address all four. So that's what my position is. And that's what I talk about everywhere. I was like, look, if you're not addressing the student and their identity and their resiliency, if you're not looking at teachers as agents of transformation and not just content experts, if you're not utilizing and contributing to capital in communities, you've got to stop relating to communities, marginalized communities as deficient. Their communities have just as much assets as white middle class uh, 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 communities. You're just not seeing them that way. And then if you're not transforming the way you teach and your instructional practice in particular kinds of ways, if you drop one of them out, it's going to fall like a table. So I say in order for you to really have a transformative framework, you got to address each of them. Now, how you do each one may be different. That's why my framework is not prescriptive. I don't say do this, do this, do this. But what I will tell you is if I look and do an analysis of your STEM program, if one piece isn't there, I would say you got to add that piece because if you just focus on curriculum, it's going to fall. If you just focus on teachers, it's going to fall. If you just like you got to have a piece of all of them there. And that's what got me. And, and, and it works when I when I've worked with schools that actually have all some form of the pieces in there, they they work because they're looking at it holistically and not just in pieces. And it sounds like what you're saying, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the framework and making those types of transformative impacts on STEM education, it's more of a school or systemic like implementation. It's not just like a classroom or a teacher by teacher basis. It's got to be big picture. Is that what I hear you saying? It could be. It could be in a classroom. Okay. But, but then you would just be looking at classroom outcomes. So what you can't do is have a classroom based intervention and think it's going to change a whole school. Okay. It will shift the classroom. Context matters. So there are teachers that I work with that try to apply elements to their practice and their practice gets transformed. But the larger school may not. And so then people start looking at them and going, well, what are you doing? Well, here's how I'm thinking about my work. Mm -hmm. And so the question then becomes, do you want to adapt that to the school or the district? But I believe that at every level of instruction, all four of those components need to be there. That's but cool. it's just like research. If I'm doing an intervention that's focused on classroom, I'm not going to have outcomes related. You know, I may have some outcomes related to school, but the the, the, the research is about classroom. Yeah. So I tell teachers, don't do what you can in your space because you're right. If you're doing something in your classroom and it's not in the school, but you can still make a difference in your classroom. When you're doing the work with schools and with teachers and applying this framework, what's the most challenging part typically? Or does that differ context it, to context? It differs, but I can tell you the two part, it all it depends on the context. All of them sure. challenge people. Yeah. But the one that is teachers' relationship to their job, leaders think that STEM people think that they teach content. And I tell them, no, you don't. You teach no. students content. You are so focused on content that you lose the student. That doesn't work. So they got to deal with themselves, especially white teachers who go in black spaces. They are just, oh, God, I love them, but they're horrible at understanding 
who students are, who they are in relation to students. They try to dismiss the student by focusing on the content. They they look at them from a deficit lens. There's a way that they think about them that just doesn't work. And when you go in the hood, I tell white teachers all the time, let me tell you something. Something we learn as people from the hood, we know how to read people. You cannot fake it. Because if, if a black if a kid in the hood recognizes that you ain't on their side, they're going to give you hell. And that's what they're experiencing. They're giving you hell, not because that's what they're doing. I taught in the hood and they ain't give me hell because they knew that I had their back. See, you trying to pretend and that doesn't work because as a person who's been marginalized, one of the skills you learn is how to read people. And you can't fake it. You you mentioned it's not with like STEM education. It's not about the content. Would you say it's more about like the skills and the problem solving and the designing or like what, what should teachers focus on themselves, who they are, where they're coming from. So it goes back to, to context. And I, I, I guess understanding you your, your positionality a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Yeah. It's you, if you're dealing with yourself, that's even better than dealing with the content gaps deal with you. And I can understand why that would be the biggest challenge when you're implementing that framework, because that's hard to look at oneself sometimes. Yeah. Like, if what are you not putting a mirror up to yourself on a regular basis? Yeah. You're not ready for the other parts because, see, the other parts depend on your willingness to deal with you to say, you know what, who I'm being and how I'm showing up isn't working. So let me deal with me so I can eat because it's like this. Let me share this. It's, it, I'm a person. I'm a personal trainer. I used to be a personal trainer, mm-hmm. and everybody wants to lose weight. Everybody, you know, and there are five million diets out here. There's Jenny Craig. There's all kind of stuff. People really believe that if they just got the right strategy, then the weight will come off. The data doesn't say that. You got to deal with you, why you eat, why you don't work. Like, but you got to deal with you, and nobody wants to deal with themselves. They just want this magic bullet that's going to have them be thin. That's what teachers are asking me for. Well, Ronnie, how do I do this? Well, first, let's deal with you. Because the how for you may be different than the how for someone else. I can give you a list of strategies. The strategies are on Google, y'all. You can Google strategies. I don't need to tell you a strategy. But what I can help you do is look at you so that you can see the blocks to your implementation of any strategy. You got to see yourself differently. And so I don't just see myself as a teacher. I see myself as an agent of change. I see myself as an agent of liberation. I see myself as an advocate for children. And if I don't see myself that way, I won't be willing to do no strategy because I'll just be like, oh, it's them. They got a problem. It ain't me. That's them. And then, and that's it. And you go back just to that content banking education model at the end of the day. It's so it easy to revert work. to and a lot of novices do it and some a lot of veterans do it too. Cause yeah. it's easier to manage the content than to manage people. Right. See, if I just think of myself as a teacher of math, then all I'm required to do is no math. And you know, that don't work. Right. Cause we got more stringent qualifications for people to be teachers and all these tests you got to take and all that. And students are still failing. If that was the answer, all we could do is all we would have to do is mandate people take a whole bunch of tests and learn a whole bunch of stuff. That's not working. No. So I no, I say dealing with you is the hardest thing. Yeah. And like when you when you're having those conversations, like 
does it get hairy sometimes? Or like, cause that, I would be scared to have conversations with people like that because I could see it getting pretty dicey sometimes. And, and so, uh, but I, but here's my statement. No yeah. one ever died of being uncomfortable. No, no. There's no death certificate that says they was uncomfortable. They the reason died. I'm asking is because I'm so interested when I'm really interested. Some of the research I'm, I'm, I've done and some of what I want to do is going to center around those tipping points of pedagogy where it's like, I want to jump to that like critical side or that transformative side, but what's pushing people to get there. That's interesting to me. And so those conversations I think are obviously a part of it. Well, I think, you know, it's the same. I, I go back to my weight loss example, right. As a person who has been fat and been thin and been fit and been not right. So I look at myself and i say, what am I up to that would have me want to shift how I roll? Mm-hmm. See, teachers got to do the work. Like, are you committed to being effective or are you committed to being right about how wrong your students are? <laughs> See, when I'm more committed to being effective, then I'm willing to take myself on. Yeah. But if you have someone who's not willing to be effective, then they're going to do what they do and then blame you for why they're not effective. Yeah. See, that doesn't work for me. If had, I'm in something, yeah. I want to be effective. There's not much more I can add to what Dr. Ellington said other than doing the work that will make transformative STEM education possible starts with working on ourselves. This is not easy, and I have found having conversations like the one I had with Ronnie helps inform my own reflection, my own work, my own practices. Personally, I have also found the work of different authors helpful, including Tiffany Jewell's book called This Book is Anti-Racist, which I've had some of my undergrads at Columbus State read and work through as well. I want to thank Dr. Ellington for sharing her stories of teaching on this podcast. You can follow Ronnie on Twitter at Dr. Ronnie Ellington. Next week, we will explore the narrative of Mrs. Deborah Croson, a story writer and retired middle grades and high school English language arts teacher from Illinois. My contact information is in the episode description. This is Journeys of Teaching. I am Aaron R. Gearhart, and thank you for listening. 